and brightest day and blackest night. All other podcasts tremble in fright. Losers cower before the power. Oranges lust and blues you can trust. Indigos feel and white ones heal. Yellow scare and green ones dare. That sapphire love and black hands glove will rock your foundation without hesitation. Chad and Mars face evil's minds. Respect their power for they'll make you see the light. Hey everyone, I'm Mark Marble. And I'm Ryan Daly. And this is the Lantern Cast. Episode 510. Let's get it on! That's right. We're, we're reunited and it feels so okay. <laughs> <laughs> now, I did look back ahead. I, I planned ahead a little bit on this one. We definitely did do two episodes on Creed 2. There's no confusion about that one. Sometimes I know I botched it about, the, about Halloween, uh, but, but we did do two episodes on Creed 2. We did a review and then we did a commentary track. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, but not that it matters. But in case anybody wants to go back and listen to that, that we did do, we did do two of those. So yes, we are. Talking. I, re- I remember on one of those episodes we did our our ranking of all of the Creed movies, and uh, I have no idea what my ranking was at the time, but I've updated it now. And I don't either. I can wing it because for me, the interesting thing about the rankings is that to me, there's a distinct, and I think we probably talked about this. There's a distinct difference between if you're ranking them based on pure quality objectively of the movies like which one is more of a art either artistically or just completely objectively which one's probably a better quality film versus their rewatchability <laughs> because there's a big difference in the series like rocky the original is, is almost no one would argue that that's if not the best it's one of the top it's in the top two but yet it's highly not rewatchable compared to so many of the others so it's really hard but i could definitely I, if you want to do that at the end i have no problem because uh, i was given it a, bit, a little bit of thought because I definitely know where the bottom where the bottom is. The question is working backwards. But yes, we're talking about we're talking about Creed three. We're pretty timely on this since we're talking about it the Saturday after it opened. So we're pretty good. We both have seen it. So you you go first, my friend. What what were your initial thoughts on it? My initial thought, first of all, I was very excited to see it. Um, just having really really enjoyed the other two. Um, I mean. There aren't a whole lot of franchises that aren't, you know, superhero based that like I really get excited for. I, we we both know like the other major one that I, we we talk about regularly is Halloween. I was not excited for the third installment in that recent trilogy, and yet I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, but this one I was very excited for a couple of reasons. Um, liking the first two a whole lot um again continuation seeing more of the cast liking the antagonist being jonathan majors we a lot of us will know him as kang the conqueror now in the mcu going forward uh having just debuted in ant-man and the wasp quantumania um but i saw him in the first uh, so i i knew him previously from hbo's lovecraft country i've only seen the first episode of that series 
but I really, really liked it, and I thought he was terrific. I thought he just has a natural, very charismatic. Looking at the trailers, he looked jacked. He looked scary and intimidating. I thought he could be a good, like, like put the fear in you guys, like the, put the fear in you, like the way Clubber Lang did in Rocky Three, um, and that's just what the, they needed for this one. So I was really excited for that. I was curious, like, how it would be seeing this franchise go on without Rocky. Um, and, and we've talked about that a little bit. And I do genuinely feel bad that Sylvester Stallone has been pushed out of this franchise and out of the saga. And I, I, I think it kind of sucks for him at the same time, based on the story and what we saw in the last two Creed movies. Like I really felt like he had his story was told and, if he was to hang on, then he's just a, he can be a funny sidekick, but is that really what you want to see to Rocky? Like, I, I didn't think he needed that anymore. And I wanted to see Adonis grow out of that. Uh, and that's what we were getting in this one for better or for worse. So I was curious to see how that would play out. Ultimately, I liked this movie. I found a lot of enjoyment. There were some nitpicky things I had and there were just some things that just didn't didn't wow me as much as the previous two movies, but ultimately I think it's a good movie for Michael B. Jordan's directorial debut. I think it's really, really solid. I want I, I think he's got a good future as a filmmaker, as a star, a genuine star, a producer, a filmmaker. Um, I'm excited to see where he goes next, um, whether it's with this character in the saga or, or something else. Uh, I thought the, the, the cast, everything was good. Yeah, I mean, I guess that like beyond that, we'll we'll get into the details of what worked and what didn't. But it's it was an enjoyable piece. I don't think it lived up to the previous two Creed installments, but it was better than the worst Rocky movies. So I was I, I thought I thought it was good. I would agree that it's definitely I do like you and I talked about. It. I liked it. I didn't. I don't think it's better than either of the other two Creed movies. I think let's talk about the positive. I do agree, Michael B. Jordan, and obviously we'll talk about some of the uh, some of the reaches that he took in this movie that some some, some people will like, some people won't, f- from a stylistic perspective and how he approached things in this movie, especially the uh, the the fights. But yeah. I do think that as a considering this is his first directorial job, really. And certainly his first uh, feature directorial debut that I think he did a very good job. So I think that's a major, no pun intended, but major plus in this. I think Jonathan Majors was really good in this movie. I actually think he was better in this than he was in Ant-Man. I think I liked his character. Oh, sure. Oh, sure. And I liked this this character, even though I liked this character better, though you can make a case, ironically, since we're talking about a comic book movie, this this character on the sums levels – you would expect to be more cartoony and, and because you kind of knew he was going to be a, a bad guy all along because of the trailers. But the way they kind of just had that slow burn for the reveal to when, you know, we kind of knew it was coming in a way. So that kind of worked because we knew what was coming, but in a way Adonis didn't know what was coming and the slow little, you know, re- slow peel back and revealing more and more of the pieces of what was going on and what and his plan and what he wanted to do. And, and, I, I I so I thought he was really good in in this movie. I thought I'm, I'm just there was something that was on top the tip of my tongue. That's why I'm trying to circle back to it. I do think that 
I feel bad about them getting rid of Felicia Rashad. I guess it was inevitable. I don't know if it had to happen now, but I guess it's following that Rocky tradition. You got to start killing off people. <laughs> hey, it's the third movie, right? The third movie, you got to start killing people off. You, need that, you need that family tragedy. Yeah. Uh, I do think, I do think what was missing from this movie though is that even though from the Adonis character's perspective, there was a lot at stake. And because it was basically all had to do with his past, him dealing with the sins of his past and his actions and him trying to, and him never facing the consequences of things that he did before, even emotionally and that haunting him and coming back that he has got to deal with it. I don't think from an audience perspective, the way how everything kind of steamrolled along and because I think the pacing was off, which makes you wonder if this wasn't, you know, there were rumors there were problems with this movie from an editing perspective. Whether it was true or not, we don't know. That was back during the time frame they were that the, the rumors were going around, which of course could have just been by Stallone's people that hey, they were coming to him asking him to help with editing, and he kind of said, "Well, no, thank you." Huh. That that <laughs> gee, that's great. But you could see not just because of all the stuff that was in the trailers that were not in the movie, but just the first act into the second act was so deliberate. It was moving so slow. And then everything from the moment, from the moment he, you know, the Dame becomes champion that all kind of like all steamrolls into the the, the fight in the final act yeah. almost so fast. The pacing yes. was off, which makes you think that maybe there was some, that was, there was a lot of editing that was done. And, but I think I don't, I, and that could be part of it, but I don't feel that the character has stakes with, in what he's fighting for. I don't think from an audience perspective, we feel the full impact or the threat or the danger as we should have. And that's also part of the byproduct of, of the guy only having literally one professional fight. Yeah. I think that's a big problem. We know he was good as a, as a goal, as a, as a gold gloves fighter when he was a kid and everything else. But you know, it might work. It might work in a movie like the great white hype where that's a big deal, <laughs> which is a really funny movie. But the, re- <laughs> but the reality is it's, it's hard to take that as a physical threat as much. Yeah, he fought dirty when he fought Felix and things like that. But the reality is it's hard to take him as seriously as either Victor especially or even Conlon in the first fight. And I think that's kind of a I thought I so I don't I didn't feel I wasn't invested as much in the final fight, I thought. Yeah, I agree and I think I think the timing and the pacing, you're right. I think in as in as much as I kind of liked the slow build of seeing the menace of of uh, Dame play out, like by the time the threat is revealed, it's like okay, we got to resolve this thing, and we don't have time to kind of sit and live with. Like I I feel like when I feel like they kind of like fast forwarded through 20 minutes of the movie in when uh, Donnie is sitting or when Donis is sitting with Stephen A on, on first take right. like that show and then Dane just calls up and it, I just felt like that scene in particular just sped through a whole lot of what was like supposed to be like mood setting and like exposition like character like moments of this thing and. Yeah, I wonder, like, I, I at times I kind of felt like some of the pacing and the way they were revealing things so slowly was because, as Bianca said, you know, you just need to talk to somebody. And a lot of this could have been if if Adonis and Dame had had a conversation and broken the stuff down and, and like, gotten over the guilt and the hatred and everything, you could have avoided a whole lot of this. And... Yeah. Yeah. Like then 
actually it could be like Adonis could have championed his friend and helped his friend become the legit champ that wasn't a threat to him. But because of, again, like these sins and not being able to address it, like men, you have it's it's this threat, this feeling like you stole my life and I'm coming to take it back, which is a great premise. But it's like you needed to be you just need to tighten the script a little bit to make that stronger foundations. And we and I mean, and in a way, it's funny because it's realistic that Dame understands he's run, he's literally running out of time because he's older than Adonis is. <laughs> And when you, which of course they could have worked around by not having him be older than Adonis. He could have been the same age, but I guess they have to make him old enough to go to jail, I suppose. I think that's the real reason. Uh, that he, that he won't be, he won't just be in juvie, that he's actually going to jail. But the rea- but they, it's not like he could, it's not like they couldn't have just worked around it by saying, hey, I, th- you're asking way too much, which is part of the, there's a lot of suspension and disbelief in this movie <laughs> when it comes to the plot. And the idea is that, oh, Somebody who's never fought professionally is going to fight for the championship in his first fight. It's like he could have just said, I, there's no way I can do that. But fight anybody in the top 10. You beat them. I will get you a title shot. <laughs> but I don't know. I I think. And I think this is the suspension of disbelief there was was a bit much. I mean, him beating Felix isn't that surprising because Felix didn't look like a heavyweight champion anyway. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And, and, oh, I think, yeah, yeah. and I think that's part of the problem because I think Victor would have killed him. <laughs> oh, yeah. But the thing is, this is one of the things I think that that hurts the movie, too. And there was another positive I wanted to get in there. So I don't want to just all be negative on this movie because I still recommend it. But just for the sake of trash talking and to get the conflict between Damien and Adonis going, the, the, all these things about Adonis's career, these question marks that some of which have bubbled up in previous movies. They all get thrown back in his face and in our face in this movie. And it makes you think, because as you're trying to figure out objectively how you would rank Adonis as a fighter with all the people we've seen and all from from Rocky all the way through Creed three. It's like then then you're reminded of the fact, yeah, he became champion by beating. First of all, they should never have started him as a light heavyweight. That's a big problem that they should. They are even going to retcon something going back to Creed. It's like let's make him a heavyweight to start with. None of this light heavyweight stuff. Because they've already given you three light heavyweights that have become heavyweight champion, like in an eight-year period. That also tells you that the heavyweight division must have been very weak, literally. Yeah. So uh. that's not good. So you had him, you had him beat an, an, a past his prime Wheeler to become champion. He got the hell beat out of him for a fight and a half by an extremely powerful, talented, but completely inexperienced Drago. He, his final fight before he retires is against an, an even more over-the-hell Conlon, who looks flabby as hell. And yeah. there's another light heavyweight who became heavyweight champion. Oh. So then they, you're reminded of all this when Damien's throwing out his track record at him besides calling him a coward and stuff, which is just more personal. But it makes you realize, yeah, how weak a division, other than Victor, who obviously makes you wonder what Victor, and I guess if we get that spinoff, like I'm sure we'll figure out what he's been doing, why he isn't champion already. But the point is, the heavyweight division must be really piss poor weak for all these light heavyweights to rise up to become champions. Yeah. And, and it just, it, it, so it makes you do, it, it's another knock on looking at Adonis objectively compared to Rocky and, and Apollo and, and Yvonne Drago and Clubber and all these guys. It's like thinking who could he actually have beaten in all, in all these, <laughs> but, but I just think that they, they, they remind you of that. And I think, and I think that hurts him as a, a little bit in this movie because you like 
which kind of goes along with the boxing commentary in this movie. It was horrible. The commentators I thought were atrocious yes. in this movie. It's yes. like he has he has one sh- one subpar first round against Ricky Conlon, and they're all throwing dirt on him. Yeah. I mean, it's like, and then, and then he has a pretty decent opening round against Dame, and to make it, it's like, oh, you know, retirement looks awfully good. He should have stayed there, however they phrased it. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. It kind of makes you. It kind of made me glad they went into that, into that tunnel dreamlike state when they were fighting, just so you wouldn't have to hear the commentary anymore. <laughs> yeah, I, I think we have to talk about the fights. Yeah, let's do <laughs> like, that. Like, let's do that and segue into that. Yeah. So the the like the kind of like slow mo close up kind of like those visual effects where like we've seen those done in other movies. We haven't really seen those done in, in Rocky or Creed type of movies, but not that I can remember offhand, but like seeing those like matrix style camera works and like those, like, you know, like slow cam and things like, like the, the uh, Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movie did that when he was like doing a bare knuckle boxing thing. Didn't really care for that. It didn't feel of a piece with, uh, with the the franchise, really, it just kind of like felt different, and I, I didn't think it really needed it. Um, I wasn't sure if that was something Michael B. Jordan was bringing himself, or if that was just like a stylistic flourish that somebody suggested in the editing or in something else. I'm not sure. Getting to the last the last fight when they were going into like the whole almost hallucinatory, you know, flashback like things of all the things of fighting in, in prison, fighting in these shadows. I actually liked that because it was different, because we've seen so many of the boxing matches and and I was I I hadn't been wowed by any of the fight choreography in this one. So when they did that during the last match, I was like, alright, I'm I'm with you. Because this is an emotional thing for both of these guys, take this. Let, let's see where you go with this. I, I almost think they could have gone farther with it. But there's also like these these moments where it just kind of lingers at the two of them looking at each other and like seeing each other as kids. I'm like, what if they just hug it out? <laughs> like, like, what if they stop fighting and just like, I love you, man, and just like stop? It's like, do they want to be doing this? I'm not sure they do. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. I mean, they because sometimes there's that fine line where you try to humanize the opponent. So they, the Rocky has been real good at humanizing the opponent after the fight. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but but it, it does. It, again, like we talked about, I think it also it does lessen the stakes. And I did. I thought I didn't mind, you know, the you know, the anime stuff going into the, ton, the dream world. It moved the fight along. But it also to me, it also showed you that. Even as a physical fight, which it should have been, because because Adonis had been retired for three years, it should have been more challenging for him anyway. But I mean, but let's be honest, he got he took less of a beating in this fight than he took in any of the other fights that we. Oh, I agree. I also thought he won too easily, and by the end of it, both of them looked fine. Like they didn't look beat up. Like, yeah, I I I wasn't like I also thought it was just like weird. Like all of a sudden, like we're at the twelfth inning, twelfth round. I'm like, why? Like. I get it for the sake of like drama, you want it to push it to the end, but it's like if it's not going to come down to the wire, like it really doesn't matter what round we're in because you're doing all these other emotional things. This thing could end in the sixth round and still be just as dramatic. Yeah, like they did with for drama. It's not like going down to a split decision. Yeah. Like yeah, it's not like it's not like in the fir- like they set the they set the bar in the first one when it was about going the distance, and even with 
with in the first Creed with like Ricky Conlon with like right before the right before the thing was over when he knocked him down for the first time and and that was the big Pyrrhic victory, but like there was like that that wasn't the stakes in this one. It was about just like winning and uh, I don't know like I don't even think I didn't even think Adonis had to win this fight to for the movie to have a happy ending. Like he could have lost and they could have settled their emotional baggage outside and you still have Dame as the champion and like whatever happens to him in the next one, he's still old and maybe he'll lose the next one. But I, I don't know. Just like the build, the build up to it. I was, I was kind of like, and, and like with everything that Bianca had been saying to him, like at the end when she's like, I think you need to fight him. I'm like, does he? <laughs> I don't, I'm not sure. Yeah, that 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 turn seemed that's that turn seemed that not that she was like not that she was like against because it never came up in conversation up until that point, but it did seem like she she was a little too a little too anti Adrian there to like oh yeah go kick his ass. It's like uh you know what you should do you should fight, <laughs> especially contrasting that with the stuff with Amara. But I don't know yeah which I, which that that was the other good thing that I really I loved all of the family stuff. Um, the, the stuff with Adonis and Amara with his daughter, all of the sign language stuff, the, the conversations between Adonis and Bianca, I just, I, they, they felt real. They felt authentic. I, I believed them as a couple. I always have. Um, I just think that, like, yeah, all of the family stuff I thought was like probably the, the most rock solid stuff in the whole movie. I enjoyed the family stuff too. I do think. It's going to be non PC probably to say part of this, but I'm going to go. But eventually, I'm going to get to that anyway. That's I do like that everybody learns. They put the emphasis on learning the sign language, so everybody was communicating with Amara that way. I thought that was cool. I don't think if they're really going to do a spinoff, though. I think what was this, let me phrase it this way. I think what was missing is kind of what we got like in Godzilla versus Kong, like when Rebecca Hall was signing, she would at least talk out loud what she was saying for the audience too. Sure. I kind of think it's a. I don't think the approach they took in this movie by having everybody everybody signing to each other, but nobody talking out loud. I don't think that will work if you're planning on switching at some point to the main character being Mara, just because in a way it's like you're robbing Peter to pay Paul. You, yes, people who people who are deaf or are hard of hearing or have hearing issues will appreciate it, but you're also kind of screwing over anybody who's blind or has visual impairment because now you have no idea what's going on for like a five minute conversation because you because there's not because even if there are there are obviously subtitles, there's captioning, <laughs> but but if you can't see it, it doesn't do any so it's a it's a minor nitpick. And I and I understand conceptually why that was cool, at least for a scene or two, because this is kind of like the world, not just that the character lives in, but for people out there that are fully deaf, that's the world they live in all the time. So yeah, I understand. I get, it. That. I, get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah, and it re and it resonates with me. So I and I'm certainly com and I'm compassionate towards it. I just think from a cinematic audience perspective, I think it's kind of like almost like dead a dead air on the radio. It's like it's it's yeah. not a good thing. I don't that. So to me, that was one thing I noticed that because they they kind of continued that, and also because you would think, even though if even if she can't really speak, you would think that she'd be she would want to be doing lip reading as well as signing so you would think actually speaking as you talk would help her with the lip reading as opposed to maybe just moving your lips a little bit because obviously you're not enunciating the same way right not. so yeah. but that's it's minor but and i thought i one of the things i remember what i was going to say that i the the positive thing is they did show a oh generally speaking they showed a more mature version of adonis 
And even the mo- and being fair, even the moment when he when he drifted back into the non-mature version, when he, which was unfortunate, which I guess maybe this will be the final step for him not doing it anymore because it was right his last conversation with Marianne before she had the final stroke about yes. um, none of this would have happened because of you, which she not so subtly repeats the line, which gets the point across. You're right. None of your entire life could be having if it wasn't for me. <laughs> right. <laughs> because right. You'd, you'd probably be, you probably would be in, sharing the cell with your buddy there. If it wasn't for me, because I'm the one who took you out of took you out of the, the, the right. loophole that I thought that was shitty. Not as shitty as some of the other things that he said, because you understand the point that he's making. It's like and he, from his perspective, this conflict and the anger that Dame has towards me now and the way we're heading on this path could have could have been avoided potentially, at least if I got these letters and I had the option of reaching out. Though he does kind of acknowledge later on in the movie that the odds are he probably wouldn't have anyway because he was trying to forget all that. But I still thought I still thought it was shitty. And that was also the one thing when you and I talked about whether whether Rocky felt like he would have belonged anywhere that the whole thing with Marianne dying, that would have been the one natural part where either him for him to be there or for a phone call to give a reason like why he couldn't physically be be there. Hey, I broke my leg skateboarding with Logan. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like an idiot. But something that I'm not saying it was necessary, but I'm saying if you're looking at something where it didn't seem you were right that for the most part, his 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 shadow like Apollo's is over is always going to be over this, which in a positive way. So you don't necessarily need to have. And obviously, there were allusions and conversations about Apollo and Rocky in the movie. But I do think if you're looking at the plot of the movie, that's a kind of that's a difficult one to, to explain where Rocky wouldn't have at least reached out to to Adonis at that time because. He was because he would have. Right. But, but other but other than that, I think that, yeah, I, I I would be nice that they could make amends with, you know, if, if Stallone and the Winklers could at least come to some happy medium somewhere because not because he necessarily needs to be because you're right. They kind of they Rocky two excuse me, Creed two was the perfect segue out. You know, this is your time now. That was the whole point that Rocky was now. Now they were going on divergent paths again. But but they still should have in a real world, even though this happens too, where you lose communication, there should always be some kind of bonding because he is kind of like a pseudo father figure for Adonis. So it would make sense that that Adonis would either reach out to him or he would reach out to Adonis at times. But it makes sense he wouldn't be an active participant in Adonis's career. And the other thing that related to his career, I know they're talking about doing another one besides spinoffs. I mean. The problem with this is Adonis, from the moment they started this idea, that Adonis has a shelf life that a lot of characters don't because he's dated. We know when he has to be born by because of when Apollo died. Because <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. I think they've what they set in stone now that Apollo died in what eighty five, right? The, the year that Rocky uh, Rocky Four actually came out. And I think no. I think that's canon that he that it was not, truly in eighty five that he died. I'm trying to visualize the tombstone, but I don't I can't off the top of my head. Which means Adonis is no younger than 29 when they do uh, the original Creed. Yeah. Now, you can say all that takes place in less than a year. A lot of stuff happens in that movie. You can make it. But either way, let's just say he's still 29 when that movie ends. There's a three-year jump to, to Creed 2. Yeah. So now that's – and so that's 32. Yeah. It's hard to really say all, that was, all those events took place in just one calendar year considering how bad he got his ass whooped. But still, let's just – and we know that fu- – so let's just sit, but still, let's just say he's still 32 when that movie ends. You had a two-year jump between him fighting Conlon to begin this movie. So now he's 34 and a three-year retirement. So he's at least 37. <laughs> so 
So realistic. I mean, yeah, you can fight into your forties, but you know. I mean, how old is Amara in this? Like, yeah, that's a good question. If you're doing the same, if you're doing the same age jump, Amara would have to. Amara would have to be. Um, I guess she'd have to be five, but she looks older. Right? She She's does. Older. She looks. I would say seven or eight, if not. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's kind of a that. We know they've done that with the kids before. They did that with Rocky Jr. too. You kind of you age them up in different ways. But but I'm just looking at the yeah at the character. So you can do another one. But if they if you continue and I and I applaud the fact that they've actually included the real life gaps between making the movies into the so so you don't have that Rocky problem that you kind of had in the between Rocky two and Rocky five where all these things kind of blend into each other, especially Rocky right, four right, and right. five that don't that don't work anymore so i appreciate that but it also means the shelf life of the character to act to be an active fighter is really running running on empty because you probably can you can do one more you can have him fighting around 40 or 41 unless and and theoretically you could do a gap you could do a gap if you really wanted to to make him come back Mm -hmm. too but you you know you're stretching it then so i mean the the one thing the what i mean yeah, you're right. I mean, the the one thing that I would say that gives them some more time and some more leeway is the precedent set by the movie Rocky Balboa. So right. we've kind of seen this happen before. I also think it's a line of dialogue. I mean, we, we see this in all sports. The the amount of technology, the amount of like just like well well being and like what athletes are able to do now across all sports. Athletes are able to compete longer because of advances in conditioning, training, medical technology, recovery from injuries, things like that. I mean, we're seeing it with football players now playing up to 45 and basketball players playing well, well longer than they ever have before. Um, so I, I just think that that's some, I mean, we could, yeah, I, I think a little bit of dialogue can explain how Donnie almost 40 years old or pushing 40 could, you know, come out to, to for one more heavyweight match or something like that i don't think it i don't think it would strain credulity that much no i agree so i was i was pretty even though he's it's not like he's had a lot of screen time in this movie i still was pretty happy with victor's role in this movie <laughs> <laughs> i i think you certainly know you know when when they were talking about doing the drago spinoff that once you see this movie i think you kind of figure out that at least part of what they were going to do in this movie was kind of paving the way i think for that <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, at least, I mean, we figured he had to speak English at some point, so it was kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't think we were actually going to see Victor until uh, until he helped Adonis train. But it was kind of yeah. cool that, but you know that he hasn't that he hasn't gone away anywhere though. I still don't understand why he hasn't been champion in the three years in this. And Felix has. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't even think about it, but now I can visualize it when they're walking, when they're standing next to each other in the party. I'm like, this fight is going one way. <laughs> yeah, that, that yeah, because you were just you just imagine if Victor's even like a even a quarter better than, than he was as a fighter. I mean, yeah, he would he would he would kill that guy. <laughs> But all right, they, all right. I've been I've been thinking about this the whole time. Like I, I go okay, going back to Dame. Okay. And he like he was so good at playing this like this like like sliding into their life, but like having this air of menace behind them and knowing the history. Like if they just if they just developed it sooner, so that you knew the reasons and what he was coming to do and like all of that for him. I felt like. I felt like they they tried to straddle the line of making him 
sympathetic and redeemable at the end and like understandable and i felt like they needed to i, I don't know I, I wish they had just made him an out and out villain of just saying like no whatever whoever that friend that you used to have that you grew up with that brother that you had he changed in the joint prison killed that kid and turned him into something else now that is hungry to steal everything that you have and maybe that would have been maybe that would have been a darker pejorative spin on you know what we we look at you know prison culture and and the recidivism rates with everything like that maybe that's not the type of character they wanted to do but i think from a cinematic standpoint it would have made him scarier it would have upped the tension and the need the honest need to have donnie beat him at the end to prove that he deserves everything that he got that he that he didn't he didn't steal his, you know, any anything about his his fame and his celebrity and his championship status that it was earned by his hard work. Because if not, then I feel like the ending, like I, I the way they set this up, I, I just kind of felt like this doesn't feel like a story and a, a conflict between these two brothers that should be settled by their fists. It feels like they need a session on the couch and they're fighting just because the the plot and the the franchise dictates that's what they should be doing but i'm like just go out for a beer and talk about this crap between you and and what happened to this um i can't think of the gay the guy now who used to beat on them at, at, leon. In the group home. leon yeah and everything the, the the cowardice of running away and leaving your boy there to get caught and just I don't know. I just, <laughs> I'm like, I, I'm of two minds. Like, I, on one hand, I think just like, Donnie should have just like put his gloves down and just say, no, man, I, I can't fight you or something like that and just stop it and end the movie a very radically different way and just tell a very radically different story or outright make, make name a, a scarier, worse, irredeemable villain. So. Yeah, I think, I think that's fair because I, I don't, I don't necessarily think that the very end the conversation they have i don't i don't know how satisfying that is based on the based on the conflict that we had and besides the fact that it's a blatant ripoff of of the deleted scene in creed 2 which i actually think probably works a little better <laughs> um, sure, especially yeah. now that we see that at least at least victor and adon they may not be best buds but at least they're friendly you know at least uh that there is something between the two of them because he obviously, unless he just really wanted to hit Adonis again, then you think there's a little bit something first. <laughs> I think there's a little more re- of a reason why it came, why he came back to uh, to help him train. Uh, this is this is the other thing about the the precedents set by these sagas. Like after the first movie, the guys went to the hospital for a year, <laughs> like they were like in stitches, like they were really messed up. This one, they're getting in their fly suits and everything. They're walking around like, did you? Were you in a fight a couple of minutes ago? Because you're not looking like it. And ah, yeah, there there was not a lot of death. Da- I mean, there was not a lot of compared to the Drago Creed fight. <laughs> there's not a lot of damage done to either one of these guys here. <laughs> it's like, but yeah, I, I, and I do think again, that's kind of, I think that. Oh, speaking of which, one of our favorite things. I, I I didn't really think the training montage was all that good. Yeah, um, yeah, it seemed like kind of a a diet version of the Creed two. <laughs> yeah, montage. you're right, exactly. It, it seemed it seemed a little a little weak compared to 
compared yeah. to what we're used to. And they just Run, running up the Hollywood Hills. Yeah, that that, that compared that, to <laughs> like the Siberian mountains where Rocky was and Rocky Four and everything. Yeah. I was like. Uh, it's not that. Yeah. Maybe if a mountain lion came out of the woods at you and you had to fight that one off, maybe that would add a little bit more to the scene. But he screams at the top of his lungs, at top of his lungs, before sipping his Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I think. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because I we we like the series, but I yeah, I don't think this I don't think this was the strongest representation of or the best entry in it it would suck because like you said jonathan majors could he he was menacing enough where if they had gone the full clubber lang clubber kang route mm-hmm. with this guy i think it probably would have been and it's not like you couldn't redeem him after the fact i mean a lot we've seen lots of i mean every, all, all these characters have a chance to be redeemed hell clubber lang almost was redeemed like multiple times well he was going to be redeemed once i think he actually was going to be a bad guy again one time in one of the 85 versions of Rocky six that Stallone was thinking of, but we know he's going to be a, like the born again version, like as a commentator and like closer to the version of Rocky a Balboa that we actually got that, that almost anybody can, can be redeemed. I mean, hell they made Conlon's out to be kind of cool. That's another thing that didn't work for me. Conlon seemed to be pretty respectful for Creed at the end of the first fight. And then he's going, same old Creed after like <laughs> one round. It's like, give me a break, man. It's like, Go back. What 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 is it with all these prison guys coming after me? <laughs> Which I guess, based on his background, I guess maybe that's not a coincidence. We're gonna find out that Victor served time in Ukrainian jail too. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Between between both Victor and Conlon, like I don't think they need to bring them both back. Like I like the the fight in the beginning. It didn't have to be pretty Ricky Conlon. It could have been anybody. It did like that. Yeah, that I, didn't I matter. Agree. So that that was like. Okay, it's a nice callback, but it's also one of those things where and you were alluding to this before because it kind of calls into question like Adonis's whole career. It's like it's, you're making the world smaller. You're making it seem like he didn't fight that many people and his reputation isn't all that. And like you could have avoided that, but just hire a new actor, <laughs> get a new fighter. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, it would when you think about it, it would have been more impressive if the guy he beat actually was this big heavyweight that he just like blitzed <laughs> and knocked him out in two rounds. <laughs> That would have that would have been cool as opposed to I mean hire Manny Pacquiao as a gimmick or something like that. Who doesn't? Yeah, it doesn't matter. They had Canelo Alvarez in the movie. Put him in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> even he even he would look like more of a threat than uh. I mean I know the guy who played Ricky Collin was a real fighter, but come on, we know just by no no disrespect, he looked pretty flabby to begin with in this movie. Uh, so I do I do think that that puts into question, like you said it. Like I said, and you said it, it raises that question again about his whole career, about who the hell did he, other than Victor, who the hell did he really beat? Because even beating Dame, what does that really mean? He beat a guy that had one professional fight that's older than he is. You know, that's not that's not exactly going to make people think, oh, yeah, you know, now I have respect for him, which was weird because they kind of like go back and forth. They want you to think everybody's got respect for for Adonis Creed when he was retiring. But yet, you know, people are so quick, even in that uh, Conlon rematch, him so quick to jump off the bandwagon because he had left one le- a less a stellar round and it's maybe because like, i i keep i keep thinking of like things that would have like made me like would have fixed this thing for me maybe the fact is like they didn't need to fight in they it didn't need to be for the for the belt it didn't need to be for like the heavyweight champ they could have just fought in like the way apollo and rocky fought at the very end of of um rocky three when it's just a it's an after hours like lights out it's just the two of them 
fighting for themselves. And I'm like, it's not in front of the whole crowd, but I don't know. I don't know. I liked, I liked Adonis or not Adonis. I liked Dame's physicality, his manner, the way he held himself, this sort of asymmetrical stance he had with one arm hanging low and the other hand kind of uh, like up, like kind of curved, like bicep flexed, like he's protecting his body. Like the way he attacked like that. I, I liked that physicality. It was different than the other guys we've seen in Rocky and Creed movies. I agree with that. I do. I, I do. I agree with that. I think he was also louder. He was just more vocal. He was like, you know. And I, and I like, and I like the psychological, you know, the whole ploy. I mean, obviously he had a master plan the whole time. You know, the, you know, obviously hiring his his fellow uh, inmate there to uh, take out Victor <laughs> to open the door miraculously, and so he could guilt basically Adonis into giving him a title shot. That, <laughs> but just the idea he was scoping out, even though that's kind of oh, it's overplayed a little because it's not like if Alvarez is really the, I mean, if if uh, Felix is really the heavyweight champion. There's plenty of tape to watch this guy. So it's not like you couldn't study, but I know it's not the same as actually being in the ring with him. So, but the fact that he used that on purpose as a, so he would understand how he would fight. So he would be in the best position to beat him, which is the only reason why I mostly agree with the slow motion stuff. The one part I did like was it did, because they tied that into when he was fighting Conlon, they tied that into his observation skills when uh, Dame was fighting, you know, back when he was a kid with the gold, with gold gloves. Yeah. That, okay, that's, yeah. that he was observant to pick up on people's weaknesses, though. You could also make the case, okay, that's a retcon because obviously he wasn't picking up on anybody's weaknesses when he was getting the hell beat out of him in Creed 1 and Creed 2. <laughs> it was Rocky who was picking up on things about Conlon. It's like, oh, yeah, this looks – but which you could still tie into – that Creed, that Adonis may have been picking up on things in his style, but Rocky was going, yeah, it looks like that, but that's not yeah. what I think he has in store for you. So I guess you could tie it into that. And Victor didn't have, there wasn't a lot of tape on Victor. Mm-hmm. So, so I think you could probably correct, you could, you could probably buy that. But I, so that was the only thing about the slow motion stuff that I liked because it showed that, that he was analytical about things, which would make sense because as a physical force, Adonis is not all that impressive as a fighter in these movies. <laughs> He's okay. That's part of the flaw. You know, he's not a box. He's not as good a boxer as his father. And he's not and he's not this power, power hitting slugger like Rocky or Clubber. So he's kind of like a little bit less than each each of them. But it's, you're kind of hoping that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess it's endurance is his superpower. He's able to outlast <laughs> the other guy. <laughs> and the fact that even though he has glass ribs, they don't completely shatter. <laughs> yeah. And tell me about it. Yeah. All right, so do you want to talk about rankings of these movies? Sure. You said you were giving thoughts. You were giving thoughts on you are you giving thoughts. So why don't you go first and say <sighs> you've gone so you've done all nine? Yeah. All nine. Yeah, yeah. And so like they like I, I I couldn't apply just one formula. I, I applied a little bit of cinematic value, overall quality of filmmaking, uh rewatchability just basic fun and some of a little bit of nostalgia too. All of them kind of came in a little bit. Um, so is and, Rocky five still number nine? <laughs> yes, it is. Well, I want to get, I, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I, I, that's all no, I was no, thinking no. in my head. It's like, he's still, he's still gotta be putting Rocky five um, at the bottom. The, so that said, so out of the nine movies, there are still six of them that I value very, very highly. Um, and the other three are kind of, yeah, 
So, uh, so I'll actually I'll start at the bottom. Okay. Rocky Five, I do think is the worst. Um, the next on that list. For me, it is Rocky Balboa. There is a lot in that movie that I like, even, and I, we talked about this the last time. Yep. Like, I never gave it a shot when it first came out. And then I finally went around and watched it. And there is a lot in there that I like, but there are things, the, the suspension of disbelief of him coming back. And, and also, I think the presence of the movie Creed undoes a lot of what is good in Rocky Balboa for better or worse, whether that's, uh, uh, you know, whether that's Rocky Balboa's fault or not, it knocks Rocky Balboa down on my list. Um, so number seven would be Creed three. Again, I enjoyed the movie, but not to the level of the other ones. And, you know, the more we're dissecting this, the more faults you find in it, which is kind of natural, but it is what it is. So then we get into the top six. And again, all of these are movies that are beloved to me in some fashion or another. Um, but at number six is Rocky four, um, which we talk about it is it's a movie with a plot that is about 15 minutes long, strung together by a lot of music videos and, and montages. And then a, like a long fight scene at the end. Um, but it, it's, it, it, the the play the nostalgia factor is number five right in the middle and i think i don't remember this one might be your favorite i don't remember but at number five right smack in the middle is rocky three then creed two at number four rocky at number three creed at number two and rocky two at number one so Top down now, just to, for clarification, Rocky Two is my favorite, then Creed, then the original Rocky, then Creed Two, then Rocky Three, Rocky Four, Creed Three, Rocky Balboa, Rocky Five. So Rocky Two has grown, has gone up in your eyes. A lot. It has. Since, it since, has. Since I, I think I've watched it again since the last time we we talked about these, and yeah, I, I like from the something that I didn't even think about, but I think you pointed out the soundtrack on that one too, like that opening. Um, Redemption yeah, song Redemption by Bill Conti. Yeah, Redemption is a cool-ass song. That that is, I, don't, I love that song. I play that all the time now. Yeah, and that's, I think, one of the few songs from any, of, from any of the soundtracks of Bill Conti stuff that I don't think they've ever repeated and put in any other movie. So yeah, that was that was yeah. – because that's specifically the theme, quote-unquote, for, for Rocky II. Yeah. But, yeah, I do think – I do think the use of the soundtrack in that movie and it has – to me, it's – there's plenty of good training montages in these movies and montages, period, if you include, like, the Rocky Three opening montage. But if you're talking about a one-two training montage – the from the moment Adrian says win to he runs up those steps, I still don't think anything matches those two those two segments back to back. I think that right. I right. think emotionally too. I mean, what you see on the screen, the coolness, yeah, we we see cooler stuff in the in the in the series, but yeah. from an emotional beat and what it signifies to the character, yeah. yeah, I think that I could watch from the time he's she says win to yeah he's up the steps with all the kids. I could watch that over and over again indefinitely. But the others with the with how high I'm ranking Creed and Creed Two, a lot of that speaks to how much I I genuinely I like the character, I like this evolution and the the where they actually take Rocky as a supporting character in this yes. and, and his the new phase of his life. I think Ryan Coogler did right by Sylvester Stallone in those movies, um, but I also just I really like Michael B. Jordan. So yeah, so that's that's my order. All right, so let's do mine. I just I wrote this I wrote this down right when before you started. Again, so. I will. Well, when I get to when I get to movies, I need to clarify why they are where they are. I will do that. 
Uh, number nine, of course, is Rocky Five. I don't. I, I would be hard pressed to them for them ever to make. May, may, maybe maybe Amara Creed One might be the one. Maybe maybe that could drop Rocky Five out of the top, out of the bottom spot. But it's and there are still cool things in Rocky Five. Rocky Five certainly thematically, visually is not the one that stands out like it doesn't belong. You know, the, the one of these is not like the other. Rocky oh, Five right. is not that one. It's just not enjoyable, and they dug it. They dug themselves a hole, which they never really dug entirely. Dug themselves out of, though they tried to. They just never bothered to address that they dug themselves into a hole. So, as, as cartoonish as the end of Rocky Four kind of seems in retrospect, the end of Rocky Five is even more so with the yeah. street fight, the televised street fight with the news yeah, and they, the ghost of Mickey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and there are some cool things. That, I mean, some of the fight, the, some of the fight montages in that movie are really good. But yeah, it's it's just and plus it's I understand we understand that he's got he's got issues he's dealing with. He just acts so unlike Rocky in many ways. It's just they they it, it almost was like he was doing a caricature of his own character. And yes. so, so Rock Rocky Five remains in the gutter. Uh, number eight, I have this movie. I have Creed Three. I have that exactly where it is. I like it, but it, but I I don't think it can I can put it any higher. That's understandable. Yeah. Uh, I've got a seven, so I, I can't fault you for putting it at eight. Now, this one's controversial, but I'm, again, because I'm putting it on based on rewatchability. I have the original down here just because okay. I because I because I never feel compelled to watch the original as a movie. I, under, I understand that. It, yeah. I, I do understand your reasoning for that. Yeah. As a movie, most people other than Creed, it's probably those are the only two movies and, and really probably maybe Rocky two, too. That there aren't many you could say as an as a piece of art that you could say that would compete with the original Rocky and it started it all and everything else. But it's kind of like the same thing for me. No, it's a much better movie. It's like Friday the Thirteenth. I don't like the original Friday the Thirteenth. Okay. I, I almost can never watch the original. I mean, it's just not. It's it's kind of like the others, but it's not, and it's not really rewatchable compared to the others. So to me, that's the only reason I have the original Rocky at seven. I have Rocky. I think I have Rocky Four where you do at December six. It's still not great. I do like the director's cut. I think I think I would have liked the director's cut more if he kept stuff in besides taking the stuff. I mean, if he kept some of the other stuff in that he took out besides adding in some of the new stuff, I would have liked it more. I also would have liked it more if he took out the friggin' mistake of Apollo taunting Drago with his glove off. I can't believe that slipped through a re-edit. That <laughs> I mean, he he does the whole dance routine with James Brown with his gloves on, and he points to. to Drago in the ring and he and his and his glove is off. It's stupid. But it's not a good movie. It's totally the one that doesn't fit. But we know it has big has it has even more big Im, of a big impact on the entire series going forward. And it is highly rewatchable. So that's so that's number six. Number five, I have Creed Two. I really like Creed Two. It's kind of appropriate Creed Two and Rocky Four side by side. It's really rewatch I can watch it a lot. I think there's a lot of cool stuff in that. I think they also do justice to every even the Dragos, even without looking at the deleted scenes, though I do like the deleted scenes, I think everybody kind of gets some closure in that movie, even even in the theatrical version. So I think that works, and I think it's a it's a it's a cool story, it's a cool natural sequel to Rocky Four. And Victor's a great opponent. He's <laughs> Victor's off. Victor. I mean, like we talked about, just imagine if Rocky was training Victor, how friggin' good Victor could be. <laughs> he could. Um, so number four, I have the original Creed. I do like it. Kugler had a really good idea, and I'm glad that Stallone kind of went on board and continuing the Elder Rocky trilogy that started with Rocky Balboa. Yeah. So uh, that 
speaking of Rocky Balboa, I have number three. Rocky Balboa, I will openly admit, is not as highly rewatchable as some of the other ones that are below it. But the parts of it that are are so good. And there's so many cool moments in that movie. And it just helps. It helped. It's such a palate cleanser for Rocky Five. <laughs> that, that it rest that it gave, took away that horrible last impression we thought we were going to have of that character. Mm-hmm. That I will always have to have Rocky Balboa ranked high. Number two is Rocky Two. I do love Rocky Two. Could it have been a little shorter, maybe a little bit, but Rocky. But it's a natural continuation of the first movie, and it does fit with what Stallone basically said was in his mind's eye. That's just one big movie. It's just that you had to split it because you can't make a four-hour movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen to that, Zack Snyder. You can't make a four-hour movie very often. <laughs> that it seemed like it was a one story split into two, so it worked. Mm-hmm. And again, there's some awesome. There's a lot of character development in that movie. You get a lot of character development on Apollo that you didn't get, which helps the stuff the stuff that comes later. Yep. The fight. The fight is cool. I mean, and just yeah, it's just yeah. And so yes, Rocky Three remains number one to me. I will always have sentimental value to attachment to Rocky three. Rocky three mm-hmm. is the first one I ever saw by my, well, I wasn't by myself. I was with friends, but as, as without any adults with me, I saw Rocky three. The opening montage is fantastic. Mm-hmm. The eye of the tiger is, is iconic. <laughs> the themes in that movie, I will always champion because of the fact that it's what everybody deals with. It's the fact that you're always conditioned to deal with failure, but you're not conditioned how to deal with success. And I, I think, I mean, to a large, to a large degree, like despite like what you were saying about the first two Rockies, and I think Rocky three cracked a formula that all of the other movies since have been trying to recreate to some degree or another. Um, I think, yeah, I think that's probably true. Um, especially all the sequels. I maybe maybe Creed doesn't really follow that, but like certainly the other Rockies and the other Creed movies do kind of like do, like kind of play into a little bit of what Rocky Three is. And I'll say that like as a kid growing up, and I I wasn't watching these in the movie theater, but we had the first four on on VHS tape. Rocky Three was probably the one that I watched the most when I was growing up, and it's just something about like it, it being of the era of the time and everything and just yes. like the montages, the fights and, and the menace of Mr. T. Um, so I, I mean, even though it's, it's dead center number five on my list, I do hold it in a heck of a lot of a scene. And that just speaks to how much I like most of these movies. I love yeah. them. So, yeah, I agree. That's what it was hard. When I was thinking about this, it was hard to figure out. I mean, once, once you get past it, kind of, it's kind of like how ranking the MCU was before phase four began. <laughs> <laughs> if you just looked at phases one through three, I mean, you knew which ones would be on the bottom, give or take, right. for the most part. But 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 if, once you got beyond that tier, it was really hard because there's a lot of and and Rocky is like that, and I think that's it speaks to the overall the overall quality. I mean, I was going to make the joke about you know this series is kind of like the pizza sex analogy that even when it's bad, it's still pretty good. <laughs> the Rocky Five does stretch that a lot. <laughs> But like I said, there are some redeemable things. There are some redeemable things, even in that one. But yeah, I Tommy, I, I didn't hear no bell. Yes, <laughs> and I think and like Rocky Three closing this on the door on that is just I think that because it was a a personal journey for Stallone, which is where while we got Rocky Three, because Rocky Four was supposed to be Rocky Three, but because of everything Stallone went with went through in his in his own life, having the the overnight success and kind of like losing himself and kind of like getting caught up in the hype that gave birth to the whole eye of the tiger Rocky three thing. And that's why we got it. So just counting back in reverse order, like you did from 
top to bottom, that's Rocky Three, Rocky Two, Rocky Balboa, Creed, Creed Two, Rocky Four, Rocky, Rocky, Creed Three, Rocky Five. So, so I think I think the biggest places where we differ are Rocky and Rocky Balboa, but the others are fairly close to. Yeah, it's just relatively. And again, if we were basing it on art alone, yeah, I I would show the respect to you. And because without it, nothing else would have come after. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd rank it higher. But this is, but I, but the the rewatch, like even like I mentioned to you, when that that Pluto currently has that the Rocky Channel, which is the, the first all the all six of the Rocky movies, none of the Creeds. But every single time I'm looking at it, I'm either seeing what's on there or what's coming next, and I see Rocky coming on next. It's like, well, I don't need to keep that on, <laughs> or, or I don't need to come back to watch it. Like when it starts, it's like. And it's not, and it's just because it's it's more of a slow burn, and it's a character study, but it's just just psychologically because I the first Rocky movie I ever saw was Rocky Two, so maybe to me because I had to see that movie retroactively, maybe that's why I'm not as invested in it as somebody whose start was there in the beginning and mm-hmm. saw Rocky first. That could very well be it. That Rocky, I have a lot, and that could explain a lot of my sentimentality towards Rocky Two as well because of the fact that. I saw that in the theater with my father, you know, when that right when that came out. But I was because I was too young to see Rocky. But in '79, I was not too young to see to see Rocky too. So, but yeah, I so I certainly think Creed Three is worthy. It's a worthy, you know, entry into the series. I just will be curious to see where they're gonna where they're gonna go next. And obviously, it would be nice at the ideally it'd be nice to have some Stallone input into something. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, especially if they're going to do the Drago spinoff, I mean, it would be nice if he would have at least some input into that movie. He doesn't have to be, he doesn't have to direct a damn thing. He doesn't have to write the screenplay, but it does, it, it is kind of, so that's why it'll be interesting because the box office, which we probably should talk about, at least at the moment, they're projecting this movie is going to do over 50 million on opening weekend. Well, I guess we'll know really after it. Once we get Saturday, Saturday is going to determine it. But that's good because there were only five people in the theater when I saw the matinee on Friday. Yeah, but. there weren't there weren't a lot, and there were there were probably like about twenty people when I saw the Thursday, the nine o'clock on on Thursday night too. But let's see if that it may go lower because again they may be counting on a bigger Saturday, but based on Friday alone. But the question is, is that going to have any impact on like Stallone Winkler impasse? Is it going to embolden the Winklers to say, well, screw this guy, we really don't have to deal. I mean, we might make overtures to him that he's going to reject, but we're not going to really make any real effort, you know, serious effort to try to get him back to, to appease him. Or is it going to make him realize, hey, there's a lot of there's a lot of money still in this cash cow. And it's like it would be it would be even better if we got Stallone on board. <laughs> it would probably increase the odds we could get even more money if we had Stallone actively involved in and repping it in French and 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 pushing it to the media and his fans and everything. So it'll be curious to see if it has any impact at all. Or, or this, even with, on the Stallone end, is this going to piss him off even more to look at all this, look at this movie making all this money? And it's like, well, I'm definitely not involved. I, I'm never coming back now. <laughs> so. well, let me let me ask you just in terms of just for clarification, do you want him involved on screen or is it just kind of a behind the scenes, you know, just a whether it be a consultant or actually developing story and things like that? Like how much involvement do you want him? I don't think it's kind of hard to say that because it's such an it's such an unexplained absence if he's never back on screen again in the Creed movies, unless they're going to kill him off, which, of course, that'll make him really happy. Uh, the uh, 
I think at some point him reappearing on screen somewhere would kind of be relevant. Does it? He doesn't have to. He obviously should have input creatively, I think, in some of these projects on what they're doing. It's also de- depending on what the truth is about about the Rocky Seven thing that he obviously posted piece, some pieces of the script like a few weeks ago. You know, now his his Stallone's take is more that, that the Winklers really wanted it, but he didn't want it, but he wasn't going to do it without getting a piece of the pie. And that could very well be the, tr- the truth, or it could be well they maybe didn't want the version he wanted, and that because we still think there's got to be some domino we don't know about because obviously they were still working together well enough that he could do the Rocky Ford director's cut like two years ago or whenever it was. Yeah, yeah. So something there had to be some domino that fell after that, or maybe Erwin Winkler is so because of his age he's so removed from actually doing anything and he's turned it over to his kids. Maybe it's just that Stallone and the kids or just butting heads so much because they have no relationship at all and there's no uh, no personal ties at all or owing each other or whatever. The connection tissue that when they made when Chertoff and Winkler bankrolled the first one that I don't know. It, it's it really it really is hard to know what the deal is because just like you kind of suspect he had a better relationship with Char- with Chartoff than Winkler, kind of like how Tyson, when he was when he was being managed by Bill Caton and Jimmy Jacobs, was close to Jimmy Jacobs, but didn't have much of a relationship with Caton. And then Jimmy Jacobs died, and that kind of opened the whole door for Don King getting in there and prying Tyson away from the people, the Customato people. That maybe it's the same kind of thing that he never really he was maybe friendly with Winkler, but never that close. But it was Chartoff who he trusted. And the chart offs he's okay with, but the Winklers he's not. And I don't know. I would like to, I think he should have some involvement other than a, just a figurehead producer credit on the movie. I think he should, I think. But does he need to be, have a, does he need to actively be involved on the screen anymore? I don't necessarily think so, but I don't think if you're going to continue on with like three more Creed movies, unless you're going to kill off, kill him off off screen. I don't see how you can not address the, it seems kind of like an odd absence, but I don't know, but that's 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 my thought. Mm. What about you? Uh, again, I don't know. I, I'm I don't I don't want him to become Mickey. I, I don't see that. Like I don't like like at this point, like uh, who like if Adonis is the star of the next one, if like he's the one in the ring, does he need the voice of Rocky like in his corner again? I don't know what that. So does that mean just? one or two scenes, like a glorified cameo, just like the words of advice, like the way Val Kilmer did in the Top Gun Maverick Top Gun, movie. Yeah. Maybe something like that would be effective. Um, obviously, the relate, like if it's in the Drago spinoff, then that would have a very different relationship. Maybe there's something else to explore there. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I I was ready to say goodbye to him because I thought Creed 2 gave him a great farewell and a well-earned yes. farewell. I don't. I didn't feel like this movie needed him. I wasn't bothered by his absence, but I can't deny that even at this age and where where Sylvester Stallone took this character in the advanced form of Rocky Balboa, he's still very charming. He's very watchable, and would I, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him again. So I don't know. Um, beyond that, yeah, I. I, I feel bad if he like the the thing that he created if he's kind of getting shoved out of that. I would like I I mean whatever in however involved he wants to be that is respectable to the story and the product. I mean I like if there's if there is a creative if then I mean I wouldn't have wanted him to 
hijack Ryan Coogler's movie when that started. So if the the guys behind Drago are, if they have a fresh vision for a new generation and they're taking this in a direction, I wouldn't want Stallone to interfere necessarily or insert himself too far in that. But you also don't want to leave him high and dry because you owe him more than that. I, I don't. All that is to say, it's complicated, and I don't know. Yeah, it is. It, it is complicated. It is, and it's. And so obviously, we don't know how much of the stuff that comes out is also some people are stirring up trouble, kind of like the Heath Ledger Joker thing. Some people just like to watch the world burn. Sure. Just like so, like the people who leaked that whole meeting that they were having with Lundgren about a possible Drago spinoff which obviously would be focusing on Victor almost assuredly that it's not, you, you can't think at all that the Winklers weren't not going to, that at some point they weren't going to discuss this with him, but until they knew anybody was in, you know, until they knew that there maybe the people that would be interested in actually starring in the movie were, were on board. There kind of isn't any point in throwing it out on one level, but either way, you don't know that's So that could have just been leaked by somebody that was either pro, like I said, pro Stallone and, at what United Artists or whatever, and or MGM, and or somebody who just like I said, they just like chaos, and they just want we want to just sit back and watch this. <laughs> so it's un- it was unfortunate, but I I do think I think there's more room. There's obviously more stories that can be told in this universe. So I I would recommend to Michael B. Jordan that he doesn't call it the Creed verse like he's been talking. That's prob- that's a little disrespectful. <laughs> I think I, it's true. It is true. But that's probably not at the moment. If not, if not, I just think that's adding more gas to the fire. <laughs> but Rocky Creed verse. Yeah, like, let's yeah, share it. Uh, yeah, at least put the at least yeah, at least put the dash or the hyphen or the slash the backslash in there. <laughs> Calling it the Creed verse is a little because again, it's all built off the the stuff with Rocky. So I think. All right. So if you have any other closing thoughts, throw them out or else pitch away, my friend. <laughs> uh, the, the closing thing, the last thing that I did want to mention to you is um, you, might, you might be having to know. So I, I am not a gamer. The one gaming console that we have in the house is the Xbox 360 with the Kinect. So it's like 15 years old or something close to that, you know, like 12 years old or something. Um, but uh, my five-year-old son has gotten into Kinect boxing with me. <laughs> um, and he he goes to town on me like it's the speed bag. Like I cannot defend against this kid. He kills me all the time because uh, he just he throws hands at such a, a clip. I, I have no defense for them. So I'm hoping that you know he'll he'll be able to fight with Amara, you know, in a couple <laughs> in a couple like a, a two decades or something. I'm training a young actor to play to play the villain in whatever Amara Creed movie is coming out in 20 years. So. I remember when he ripped up my portrait in 10th grade. <laughs> I'm gonna kick his ass. <laughs> Signed, of course, all of that signed. Um, he acts like he can't hear me a lot. I know he's not deaf, but he does act like he can't hear me. You better, you better anyway. throw one of those dame elbows at him when you're, when you're in the game. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Um, if you want to hear more from me, you can find me at the Fire and Water Podcast Network. Uh, my uh, show du jour is Cheers Cast, where I, uh, I talk about my favorite TV sitcom of all time, Cheers, going one episode at a time, uh, currently in season six. Uh, so we have had a major transition from the uh, Shelley Long years to Kirstie Alley years. And from time to time, I also drop a music show on Fire and Water Records. Both of those podcasts can be found at fireandwaterpodcast.com. Cool. For us, lanterncast.com. Email is lanterncast at gmail.com. 
Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, hashtag Geocast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Please leave us a positive review on all platforms you listen to us on. Last but not least, voicemail or text us at 708 Lantern and let us know what you think. Been a pleasure as always, my friend. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night.